And in the business of bourses this week, direct public offerings can raise cash at the New York Stock Exchange while Robin Hood is facing the litigators. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast. For those of you who only interact with this podcast, you may not be aware of Exchange Invest. That's the daily newsletter of the bourse business. The Exchange Invest advantage for subscribers who are paying from as little as 250 US dollars per user per year is the innate ability to get ahead of the curve. Years ago, I noted Robin Hood were going to eventually meet a lawsuit due to their dubious free brokerage claims, which involved selling the order flow and then saying, look, our service is free. It was as clear as day while others failed to notice. And I explained this in public through the Exchange Invest newsletter frequently. I even had a reminder as recently as Wednesday of this week ahead of news of the litigation creeping out that evening. Of course, I feel pleasantly vindicated. But more importantly, are you on the inside track in the world of exchanges? If not, you need to be a subscriber to Exchange Invest. By all means, please help us to do an even better job. Pay your subscriptions promptly and encourage a few colleagues to avail of a free trial. Exchange Invest can keep you ahead of the curve in the world of market structure. Moving on from Robin Hood, the other big news of the week, the SEC in the USA approved the New York Stock Exchange's proposal to let companies raise cash through direct listings. While dangerously close to appearing like the poodles of the sell side when it comes to market data, the SEC have taken an enlightened step towards a better market with more content in US equities, enabling more DPOs shorn of the ludicrous outmoded processes and costs of the intermediary rich, in every possible sense, IPO process. Capital raising by DPO has been an obvious avenue for 20 plus years. Yes, yes, somebody might have written a book about that capital market revolution, whatevs. Now, at last, DPO is a serious reality for raising money. Here's hoping the rest of the world follows suit ASAP. This reform is desperately needed. Meanwhile, the must-read article of the week came out in Fortune. We headlined it, Never Waste a Crisis, the Sprecher Master Plan to Make Mortgages Efficient. Essential reading to understand better the intercontinental exchange machine and its inherent efficiency. Talking of inherent efficiency, Moody's have completed their periodic review of the ratings of intercontinental exchange and unlike some others who were spooked out by the Ellie Mae purchase a couple of weeks ago, they've announced no change. Meanwhile, at the European Parliament this week, the new chairman of an advisory committee to the Commission and the Parliament itself, Klaus Lober, an ECB career banker, was giving testimony. UK's euro clearing access to EU requires careful analysis post-Brexit. It's a beautifully calibrated statement, actually. In one way, it appeals to the minds of the world's most expensive kindergarten, the European Parliament. It gives them everything they want to think about in terms of total protectionism and trying to, well, effectively render the euro a non-transferable currency, somewhat like, say, the Chinese yuan or the South African rand. 
At the same time, the ECB still managed to follow the plot, flattering the egos of the Europarliamentarians and their various perceived biases against capitalism, but at the same time appreciating the fact that trying to close Euroclearing to outside entities beyond the Eurozone or even the European Union itself can only result in endless problems, if not the death of the European Currency Project. One project which has met its death in the course of the last month is, of course, Wirecard, a spectacular fraud, appears to have been executed from within its German beating heart. Deutsche Börse were rather caught off beat by the whole concept. Indeed, the whole Wirecard entity was still listed in the premier DAX index in Germany, even at the point in time when investigators and indeed liquidators were on the premises of their headquarters in Bavaria. Now, Deutsche Börse is seeking, at the German parliament, power to name and shame in the wake of the Wirecard fiasco. It's a great idea, presuming the Deutsche Börse management can spot the wrongdoers, and indeed presuming that Baffin, Germany's somewhat discredited regulator, doesn't raid Eschborn, the headquarters of DB1, under the threat of insider dealing within the stock market itself, as has of course been the standard operating procedure of Baffin every time someone has complained about a potentially fraudulent German company for some years, including, most notably, the Wirecard entity itself. Over in India, the National Stock Exchange, they're preparing for their divestment of their 12.5% stake in the CAMS entity. They've withdrawn their directorship. Meanwhile, LIC, they've missed the deadline to divest their 4.9% stake in NSE as mandated by SEBI. In results this week, one solitary set of results, but quite sensational. The Nairobi Stock Exchange in Kenya has managed to defy the overall world economy and grow their profits fourfold during a period of unprecedented financial market volatility driven by COVID-19. In deals, the great news is that the National Stock Exchange of India, albeit we've been here before many, 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 many times, apparently they're likely to get the nod from SEBI, the interventionist Indian regulator, for their long overdue IPO in the near future. Elsewhere. The Spanish exchange BME, their shares are going to be delisted from the Spanish market itself after the acquisition of the company by Six Swiss Exchange. I still wonder whether this isn't a long-term tactical error by Six, given the Swiss exchange likely will never list due to local politics, aka the delicate balance between UBS, Credit Suisse and the other bank shareholders. I still think a listed BME would have given optionality for other deals, which we do certainly seem to believe. Six's CEO, Joss Gisselhoff, is apparently eager to complete. Elsewhere in deals, Oanda, the forex trading platform, they made an interesting agreement. They're now under ownership, of course, by the private equity fund CVC. They bought, I believe, their first brokerage, Dom McClursky TMS Brokers SA, which is one of Poland's leading forex market players. New markets this week, they were dominated by the wonderful news of the arrival of Saudi Tadawul. Their derivatives market is now open alongside their small, modest, but perfectly formed clearinghouse, Mukasa. Elsewhere in the Middle East, DMCC, they've launched an agri-commodity trading platform, while Coinbase, their CEO, has confirmed development of some sort of a service for launching bespoke tokens. Of course, in the midst of all of this token terror and other conversations about exciting technology, 
Are you prepared for the world of risk or opportunity that's out there? Because it's certainly a world of victory or death, both to companies and indeed your career. 20 years on from the excitement of the original fintech bestseller, Capital Market Revolution, I, Patrick L. Young, have a new book out. Hanging together those loose strands which require a spot of perspective, whether you are an exchange parishioner, a fintech professional, or anybody just trying to stay abreast of where technology is now in driving investments and finance, and particularly those who are hoping to use that technology in order to maintain their career in the decades to come. Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World is an easy read explaining the differing and diverging role of banks and exchanges, helping you to understand the winning business models of the new world order and placing in perspective just what Bitcoin, blockchain, tokens and cryptocurrency mean for markets. It's a binary world. Your career will sustain or collapse in the next stages of that digital iteration. Hence the title, Victory or Death, lest you need reminding of the exciting times for finance and your career in which we are living. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, coming soon, mid-month, in fact, 15th of September, Series 2 of the IPO, in Patrick's opinion, live stream is going to be coming to you over Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube. In product news this week, SIBO, they listed a new series of SIBO S&P 500 ESG index options. They're coming out on September the 21st. FTSE Russell, they launched a local currency Saudi Arabian government bond index. Meanwhile, the Ant IPO, it may be enormous, but it's avoiding US markets while embracing US banks. And indeed in Hong Kong, a lot of discussion during the course of the past week. The Hong Kong Exchange's outgoing CEO, Charles Lee, he's seeking to create another wave of mega IPOs in Hong Kong for the local market to stay ahead of Nasdaq and the other leading exchanges in the world. At the same time, they're hoping that Hong Kong will surpass Nasdaq as the king of biotech listings in five to ten years as Chinese scientists dominate the field. Quite fascinating news altogether, but on the other hand, tempered with news that that Ant Mega IPO, the group there may be planning to raise more funds in Shanghai than Hong Kong for their giant IPO, which is going ahead at the moment. Finally this week in product news, congratulations in Russia, the RTS index, that's the US dollar denominated index of Russian shares, is going to be celebrated, being 25 years of old on September the 1st. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. Technology news this week. The DDoS attacks by extortionists targeting the New Zealand exchange seem to be over, at least for the time being, but they attacked many other entities in the USA, MoneyGram and Braintree, amongst others, apparently possibly PayPal too. At the same time, in New Zealand, they seem to have moved on to trying to attack government entities, which is a somewhat change in pace, but at least away from the parish.
In Sri Lanka, the Colombo stock market is going to be fully digitized from September the 17th, while the first company in the Middle East to offer commission-free brokerage, Thunder, have obtained a brokerage license and expect to execute digital commission-free trading onto the Egyptian bourse. Surveillance news, the Swiss exchange have rolled out their AI-based surveillance platform at the same time as the Korean exchange, KRX, are looking at the same form of robotized artificial intelligence process. Not a lot of regulation news this week. ASIC, the Australian regulator, they unearthed their corporate plan for 2020 to 2024. Skeptics might argue that some parts of this plan could be retitled how ASIC intend to protect the ASX from their own incapacity to upgrade their settlement monopoly. Meanwhile, in wishful thinking of the week, the Bangladeshi SEC have ordered all counterparties in the market, directly or indirectly involved with the stock market, not to spread predictions or forecasts on social media. Well, that ends this week's regulation sector on a truly surreal and somewhat dreamy note, methinks. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up, or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. Over in crowdfunding news, one piece of interesting information, crowd equity platform Cedars. They have opened up their existing secondary market, which has been operating for the last three years, to any business, not just those who primarily funded on Cedars itself. In People News, it's with great sadness that I report the passing of Carlos López Márquez. A long-standing BME staffer and FASI board member, he was an active presence across industry bodies such as the World Federation of Exchanges back when it was still truly relevant to the parish. Never shy of expressing an opinion in meetings, Carlos, you will be sorely missed. Elsewhere, the European Union's Ombudsman has wrapped the knuckles of the European Banking Authority and says the banking watchdog will avoid damaging staff moves in future. There's going to be a two-year cooling-off period. That's in the wake of the Adam Farkas fiasco, where he jumped straight to the sell side's bosom to head AFME in London when the European Banking Authority had to leave the UK because of Brexit. And ladies and gentlemen, that leaves me only to offer you a trigger warning this week. News reaches us via Betfair from Reuters. Donald Trump, the President of the United States of America, the incumbent, has overtaken Joe Biden as the favourite to win in November. After a rocky patch, the money is back on the incumbent president. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a great week in life and markets. My name is Patrick L. Young. I look forward to catching up with you daily in the Exchange Invest subscriber newsletter. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only.
The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.